Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. We're just going to look at one verse of Scripture this morning, and it's going to be on the screen, so we're going to make it easy for you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon titled, Trust God Without Fear. Do you hear me? Trust God without fear. Pray with me. God, thank you for allowing us to trust you. Thank you for being more than worthy of our trust. Thank you for being someone who never fails, who, who never forsakes us, who never forgets us, who, who never wronged us. God, I pray this morning that you would anoint me to speak sound doctrine, God, that you'd give us ears to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. I pray that you'd be our teacher today from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. This verse of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, put that verse on the screen for me, guys, is... A verse of scripture that if you've been in church for a while, you've heard people talk about it. But here's the problem with people talking about scripture. Most people, listen, it's sad to say, but it's sad, but it's true, it's hard, but it's fair. Uh, People should have done something, but they did something different. Everybody that's talking about the Bible is not really skilled, gifted, and anointed. The Bible says you have to have the ear of the learned before you can have the tongue of the learned. You got to have spent time in this. I know some people have home meetings, and they just sit around and say, well, you just tell me what it means to you, and I'll tell you what it means to me. But the Bible says the scriptures of no private interpretation. It doesn't mean one thing to Chiron and a different thing to me. It means what it means. And the truth is the truth, and we need to properly discern the word of God and understand this verse in a very accurate fashion. As uh, It says, well, the, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want us to spend some time this morning, uh, more like a Wednesday night teaching session, taking this one verse and putting it in bite-sized pieces where we can get it down on the inside. I think as Christians, it's fair to say that we all trust God. I said the title of the sermon is to trust God without fear. I think it's fair to say for the Christians in the room, that we all trust God. You say, Pastor, well, aren't we all Christians? No. You're not a Christian just because you come to church any more than you're a car just because you're in a garage. you you, you got to become a Christian. But I think for every Christian in the room, it's fair to say that we trust God. But listen, do we trust him without fear? It's a difference. We say we trust God. But, but if we rightly understand the scripture, we'll find out that the type of trust God is looking for is a total trust, not a trust accompanied with fear. we got to learn how to cross over from what, what we're able to do to what only God can do. we got to learn how to step over from what we do in our spiritual relationship to God naturally and allow God to give us supernatural ability to do things that we can't even rationally understand. we got to learn how to trust God without fear. I think as Christians, it's fair to say that we all serve God. Uh, I think if you ask the average Christian, do you trust God, they would say yes. But if they're bound with fear, that's not the type of trust God is looking for. If you ask the average Christian, do you serve God? Many of them would say yes, but if we serve God while walking in this fear that the Scripture talks about in 2 Timothy, that's not the type of service that God is looking for. So in this verse of Scripture, and we've talked about it many times how much I am just impressed with the Bible because this book of 2 Timothy is a letter, really, from the Apostle Paul to his spiritual son, his, his mentee, um, 
the, 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 the man that he was teaching and training how to pastor. Everybody needs a pastor. Everybody needs to be taught. Everybody needs to have someone that they're accountable to. And Timothy's pastoring this church, and Paul was his man of God that was teaching him. And Paul is telling Timothy these things in this second letter that he sent to Timothy. And he was dealing with very specific issues that Timothy was going through 2,000 years ago. But God's word is so powerful, it's so unique, that even as God inspired Paul to write this to Timothy to deal with the issues Timothy was going through at the time, he also superimposed it to not only be relevant for what Timothy was dealing with 2,000 years ago, but that he would allow it to be the word of God for us today. This isn't just relevant to us, it wasn't just relevant to him, it's relevant at all times to everyone. And Paul, if you read the, the first six verses of this chapter, he's talking very personally to Timothy. He's talking about Timothy's faith that was in his grandmother, that was in his mother, that's in him. He's talking about the spiritual gift that Timothy has to serve God, but he also knows that Timothy is a young, timid person. He knows that Timothy is a, a little nervous about doing what God has called him to do. And if the truth be told, all of us can be timid given the right situation. I, uh, Elder Jimmy and I are really bold men as far as Christian men should. Listen, if you're more bold than we are, you probably need to be locked up in a cage. If, if, if you're more bold and, and gregarious and outspoken, then, then you probably need to dial it back a notch but even the most outspoken person in certain situations can find themselves not walking in a fearless spirit uh we we need to understand some things about this scripture this morning it says that god has not given us the spirit of fear semicolon always pay attention to the punctuation when you see punctuation in the bible stop and try to digest the phrase that you just read. Because if you don't learn to read the Bible and study the Bible in bite-sized pieces, you're never going to get it down on the inside where it can be nourishment for your inner man. The scripture says God has not given us the spirit of fear. And I talk to you a lot about what the Bible infers. There's a principle of inference that helps you understand the scripture because some things are said while other things are inferred. God says he didn't give us the spirit of fear. We need to understand that it's inferred that there is a spirit of fear that comes from somewhere that's not God. A lot of people would say it's the devil. And, and they think everything's the devil. Sometimes it is the devil. And some, sometimes it, it's, it's, it doesn't come from the good place. It, it comes from the bad place, but it, it also can come from bad training, voices in your head. It can come from people who abused you at a place in life that told you things that weren't true. It, it can come from our own weaknesses, our, our own proclivity to, to have a, a, a mindset of timidity. And we need to understand that God does not want us to operate in fear. Say no fear. We need to understand that fear is, I like what one person says, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. People get worried about stuff that hadn't even happened yet. No real reason to be nervous. They're just like, ah, hey, what are you scared of? Oh, it's just, uh, I just think that there's something, what? That no, no real evidence? But you're letting yourself get worked up. This, this isn't from God, and it doesn't really clarify in the scripture where this spirit of fear comes from. We can surmise that it's demonic. We can surmise that it's the enemy because God's a creator and the devil's an imitator. We can surmise that it comes from the, the devil because he's always trying to mess up what God's trying to do. He just wants to mess what God wants to bless and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So God wants us to be one way. So the devil tries to make us a different way. But it just might be your personality. It might be mental illness. You say, how dare you say I have. Listen, everybody has mental illness. In some point. 
your mind is not perfectly whole. No one is, some of us are more jacked up than others. Is this on? Y'all hear me? But, but we've got to understand that as Christians, we should want what God wants for us. We should receive what God wants to give us, and we should reject what God doesn't want us to have. See, there's not enough receiving and rejecting in the body of Christ. There's not enough receiving of what God wants us to have and rejecting of what we know is not from our Father. See, this is how young people and even young people in their faith give in to the wrong type of peer pressure where people try to come at you and push stuff on you. You know your father doesn't want you doing that stuff, and, but you buy into, well, everyone's doing it. Listen, if you love your father, you need to understand, don't shame the family name. I tell my kids, do, do not, don't shame me. Don't go out there and make bad choices and make it look like you don't love me and you don't honor me and you don't do what I say. In the same way, as spiritual children of our Heavenly Father, we need to be concerned with not shaming our Heavenly Father. Don't go out there and receive things from the wrong crowd. Don't receive things from the wrong people that God doesn't want you to have. In this context... God has inspired Paul to talk to Timothy about how to use his spiritual gift. Some people don't know what their spiritual gift is. You need to get that figured out. We've been talking a lot about spiritual gifts on Wednesday night. But once you know what your spiritual gift is, you need to learn how to use it without fear. Because Timothy knows what his spiritual gift is. God used Paul to lay his hands on Timothy. If you read the first six verses of this chapter, don't do it now, do it later. Faith comes by hearing. You need to listen, stay involved in what God is saying. But he knew what his spiritual gift was, but he just wasn't operating in the spirit that God wanted him to operate in. So you, you can either be powered by fear. Or you can receive what God has for you, which is power, love, and a sound mind. See, as human beings, we are what theologians call a trichotomy. Anybody want to take a guess at what tri means? Three. We are three parts. We, we, we're not just what you see. I'm, I'm more than what you see right now. There, there's the me that you see, you know, the, 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 the pudgy, cuddly, you know, cute preacher. There, there's the me that you see with your eyes, but there's more to it than, than what you can see. And there's more to you than what I can see. Uh, scripture teaches us that as human beings, we are three parts. We're body, soul, and spirit. You are a, a spiritual being that is housed in a body that possesses a soul. You need to learn that primarily God wants you to be spiritual. You're a spirit living inside a body with a soul. So we got to understand what these three things are so we understand how to uh, use them for God's glory. Now, the body is what it is. Not hard to figure out what your body is. What you see in the mirror, that's your body. What, what, what hurts if I stab you, that's your body. It's your flesh and it's your bones. It's your physical makeup. That, that's the easy part. That's the natural part. Everybody can see that. But your body serves a purpose. You, God, God gave you a body so you, you could understand some things through a physical form. Listen, we tell our children, don't touch something that's hot. But sometimes they don't listen. But when they put their hand on that red ring on that stove, even if it doesn't stick like it might, don't, you don't want that. Their body tells them that hurts. And pain is given to our body so God lets us know that, that that's not right. That's not good. It, it's like if, if you have a, a crick in your neck, if you have a pain in your ankle, if you have a pain in your side, that's God letting you know something's wrong. So our body serves 
uh, a purpose. Our, our soul is the thing that God placed on the inside of us that governs our, our mind, our emotions, and our willpower, our, our determination. Soul is the part of you that, that connects with your mind, your emotions, and your will. Every human being has a body, flesh and bones, can't exist without it, maybe one day. They'll put your consciousness in a robot. But as technology exists today that we know about, because you know they got technology we don't know about. That's a different message. That's really like a Wednesday night message, uh, that, that whole scientific hiding that the government's doing on us. But we all have a body, and we all have a soul. We all have mind, emotion, and will. You can't, I can't see your mind. I can't see your emotions unless you have a body expression that, you know, lets that be known. I can't see your will and what you're determined to do, but we all have that. There's a part in us, though, that is not alive in everyone, and that's the spirit part. And that's what happens when you become a Christian. The spirit on the inside of you comes alive. To God. If you study the book of Ephesians, it tells us that we're all born dead spiritually. Because when Adam and Eve chose to sin in the garden, the Bible says, Wherefore, as one man sinned, death passed upon all men. Not bodily death, but spiritual death. So when you become a Christian, what happens is your spirit man becomes alive and God puts his spirit on the inside of you to connect with the spiritual part that he wired up in you. Now, the spirit is more complex. The body is what it is. The soul governs the mind, emotion, and will. We can understand that in a natural way. But the spiritual part of us is deeper. It's more complicated. It's more difficult to put your finger on and to understand. See, a lot of things that are happening in church that should be spiritual are more soulish than they are spiritual. Most of what Christians call praise and worship in churches today is not really praise or worship. It is music that connects to the soul. That doesn't take Christianity to do. You, you put on, you know, Smokey. And, and and you put on you put on whoever you like to listen to. I, I'm hey, I put on some Smokey Robinson right now. It'll connect with your soul so heavy, y'all. Some of y'all will be happy. Some of y'all will be crying. Some some of y'all will, will will be laughing like a clown, and others of y'all will be having tears like a clown. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But the music, even in churches today, connects more to people's soul than it connects to their spirit. There's a problem with that. See, you you can people are like, oh man, that 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 music just moved me. And this is what music is designed to do. Music is the universal language. God gave music to connect to the inner part of us, but we've got to realize as Christians, is it connecting to your soul or your spirit? You say, well, Pastor, how do I know? I know it's moving me. Well, what's it moving you to do? Now, I'm telling you now, I mean, Lou Rawls is talented, and Lou Rawls can move you, but if you ain't married, he's going to move you in the wrong way. Y'all don't remember Lou Rawls. Whoever it is for you, it's who it is for me, it's who it is for you. But if you're being moved on the inside and it's not drawing you closer to prayer, if, if the music, even in a church, it just, it just boom, man, it's popping. I love it. It's awesome. I, I just like it. It just, it just touches me. What, does it motivate you to righteousness? Does it make you want to go home and just get alone in your Bible? See, that's the difference between whether it's connecting. See, there's something on the inside of you. It's either your soul or your spirit, and you got to figure out what is the driving force because the word spirit in the Bible is the Greek word pneuma. So if you hear some smarty, smart religious person saying that they're preaching or teaching about pneumatology, they're, they're, they're teaching about the study of what? The spirit. Pneuma is spirit. And when Jesus was teaching about trying to get people to understand spirit, Jesus taught in a very specific teaching style, first natural, then spiritual. 
He talked to farmers in farming terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. That's why I talk uh, to people in intellectual slash ghetto terms to get us to understand what the Bible is trying to say. We got to learn how to connect to the word. So when he was trying to get them to understand the spirit, he said, it's like what powers the wind. You can't see the wind. And you have no idea what's making the wind move. But when those leaves move, you know something was powerful enough to cause change. And the spirit is designed by God to be power on the inside of us that causes movement and change for God's purpose. Are you moving and are you changing for God's purpose? If you're stuck in a rut, if you're plateaued out spiritually, if, if you're not growing in Christ, then you're not being the spiritual being that God created you to be. Because spirit is about power, it's about movement, and it's about change. It's a driving force behind something that causes godly movement in you so if the music moves you to tap your foot to move your body that that may be soul but it also may be spirit because spiritually God wants us to connect our bodies to him your body was created to dance and God said to dance with him now there's a soulish kind of dance I I, I don't know I it don't even exist anymore some of y'all 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 not old enough and Y'all didn't grow up in this town, so y'all probably don't remember Jazz Coda Club in Arlington. But the dancing that was happening there was, was, was not spiritual. It, it was awesome. I mean, it was talented. It, it, was, it was moving, but not for God's glory. See, the dancing that's done in church. See, it's so funny. I, I, I spent a lot of years in a church where... Very spirit-filled, very spirit-led, and, and many times the pastor would say, come on, some of y'all dancers, come on, let me just get my dancer. And people would come up front and, and just dance, just, you know, like they were dancing last night in the club. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a spirit dance and a soul dance, but you need to learn what's moving you. What is the power of life? What is the generating force? I'm, I'm tired of seeing these people and hearing these people talk about uh, these, these non-Christian people that don't connect to Jesus, but they want to be able to pretend like they have some type of power. So they say, I'm sending positive thoughts your way. You can't send no positive thought to me. I'm sending good energy your way. This is all hocus pocus, voodoo magic. That stuff don't exist. Call those people out on Facebook. I'm sending positive energy to the people of Houston and, and the people. Of, you can't send no energy to Dallas, Houston, Miami, or Naples. What, what they're doing is they know that Christians, when we say, I'm praying that God would strengthen you, there's something supernatural there. See, we can send power to Houston. We can send power to to South Florida, we can send power into our community because we are spiritually alive. This is what the spirit part of you is. And, and Paul saw that there was something that spiritual in Timothy, but there was also a blockage in his life. Paul knew that Timothy was saved. Paul knew that Timothy had come alive spiritually. Paul knew, because God used him to lay his hands on him and give a spiritual gift to him, that Timothy was called and designed by God to do stuff, but he saw a blockage. If we could be here long enough and we could be honest with each other enough, every Christian in this room, we've learned, has a spiritual gift. But most people have a blockage. You got a blockage. Something's stopping you from being everything that God wants you to be. It's not always fear. But many times it is fear. It's so funny. I, I read a lot because the Bible says that as, as the senior pastor, I should give myself to prayer and study. And so I read a lot. And the survey comes out all the time when it asks people their greatest fear. 
What are you what what are you most scared of? And number one and number two always come in the same. Usually number one is always number one, number two is always number two. Sometimes they they flip around. But here's the number one thing that people say on survey that they're scared of more than anything else. Public speaking. Second, death. I'm thinking, man, if you'd rather die than just say something in front of people, what is in your head? But you say, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Hey, I tell you what, if I just randomly called someone out of the room right now and said, here, just take this microphone and talk to us for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> different people are scared of different things. Fear will stop you from being who God wants you to be. And you cannot use the spiritual gift. That's the purpose that God has you on this planet for in a timid way. This, this, when, when the scripture says that God didn't give us this fear, that, that word fear, I, I wrote it down some, somewhere. That, that word fear is translated in, in different modern day texts as timidity, lack of self-discipline, cowardice. Shivering, hiding, and fearfulness. You say, ooh, well, that doesn't sound good. No, that doesn't sound good, but I can tell you in my life, and I'm the boldest dude I know. That's just almost nothing that I've ever been scared of in my life. I don't watch horror movies, though. I'm going to tell you that. Now, I don't understand people that watch horror movies. That's one of the things I love most about black folk. You wouldn't have horror movies if it was black people. Listen, that movie would end. I I heard Chris Rock say one time, the first time that dead person got up, everybody's gone, the movie's over. Ain't nobody sticking around. Little Buffy hiding. But get it, run, girl. Go back in that house with dead folk. Now, I don't watch that, and I ain't scared of nothing but horror movies. But I have seen, I've, I've had times in my life, I'll tell you about a very specific one, just for a point of connection. I've been in a gas pump before when I knew God wanted me to say something for his glory to the person next to me. And I let my mind rationalize why I shouldn't. That's just really fear. Not that I'm scared of them. Not that I'm scared to speak up for God. But a blockage came based through fear, which is anti-God. I told you we need to learn how to receive and how to reject. Receive what God has for us. Reject what God doesn't want for us. You know, I, if, if, if I'm at, a, if I'm at uh, someone's house, much as I love them and much as I've read the book in seminary that says if you're ever at a Christian's house and they, they you know, they feed you something, eat whatever it is, no matter how nasty it is, I can't do it. <laughs> I did it. First year in service, I did it. We were in Middleburg. I have some redneck ass pastor, can you come over? I'm like, yeah, I'll come over. This dude, Gail and I went to this man's house. Oh, it was wild. He was cooking steaks. He had steaks. I love steak. That was awesome. He had steaks on the grill. And listen, if you have a grill and it's charcoal, you got to take your time with that. You got to let the charcoal get hot on its own. Leave that lighter fluid alone. Do not use lighter fluid on charcoal. You're about to mess something up. This man did not understand how to grill. God, my witness, he took a can of lighter fluid with the steaks on the grill and sprayed it down across the meat, down into the, I got lighter fluid on what he wants me to eat now. It's hot outside, we're in a trailer, nothing wrong with the trailer, I lived in a trailer, loved it, had all the windows up, flies filling up the house, he already had poured the milk. July and August, somewhere in there, hot Florida. The milk sitting on the counter while he's start, starting to cook him, spraying down with lighter fluid. So the flies are swimming in the milk. And I'm thinking, Holy Ghost, help me. Because I thought, instead of using the good wisdom that God had given me through his spirit, that I need to listen to that book and just eat what they put before you, I don't do that anymore. I'm going to use wisdom to accept and reject. And if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to live your life accepting and rejecting. 
Accept everything that's good and from God. Reject that sprayed down lighter fluid meat. Put a Brussels, somebody put a Brussels sprout on your plate. <laughs> Reject that nasty, smelly, part cabbage, yuck. Put that on my plate. You're going to get your feelings hurt. We had a member one time went over to their house to eat, and I just had to give that up because people, you know, everybody can't cook. Nixon can cook. Everybody can't cook. But so I'm trying to eat, and, you know, they, they and I love, I, I thank God for diversity. I love the fact that we're a diverse church. I, I don't want to live in a community that's just all one thing. I just love the diversity of people. I'm a curious person. I love the differences in people. And so, you know, I'm over at their house, and they're from Cuba, and we're talking about, you know, life in Cuba and all this stuff. And uh, we eat, good meal. It was awesome. And then the man said, Pastor, my wife respects you so much. And she loves you as our man of God. She loves you so much she made the flan. I, was, I said, what's day flan? <laughs> the flan. She made the flan. She don't make the flan much. She made the flan for you. She made the flan for me. I see. Hey, Poppy, she made the flan for you. Anybody know what they flan is? It's some nasty, gooey, kind of want to be a pie, but egg, cheese. What's in flan? Condensed milk and custard, just sugar. They flan. I had to let Deflon go. <laughs> I got texture issues, y'all. What am I saying? Learn how to reject stuff. Don't eat Deflon. That's nasty. The, the white folk, I think, call it chess pie. Don't eat that either. That's foolishness. Get you a real pie. Got some fruit in it. You know what I'm saying? Some peach cobbler. Get something like that. Normal people eat. Yeah, accept that. But learn how to reject something. Somebody wants you to go to a party. You know they're going to be drinking and drugging there, and you could get caught up in some foolishness. Reject that. Somebody wants you to hang out with them and gossip and talk and disobey what God has. Reject that. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You better learn how to. You think Jesus didn't hurt people's feelings? Jesus said, if you, don't love your, if you don't love me more than you love your mama and daddy, you can't follow me. Jesus said, if you're not willing to give everything up for me, you ain't even worthy to be my follower. You don't think that hurts some feelings? Jesus wasn't no, narrow, wasn't no open-minded person. He said, the only way you can come to heaven is through me. We got to learn how to accept truth and, and get rid of everything else. The, the scripture said God hadn't given us this, this, this timid spirit, this this, uh, this fearful, cowarding, scared spirit. Uh, he, he says that uh, he, he's given us something different. Say different. Paul, Paul knew that Timothy had a fear issue. That's why he's saying use your gift, man. Stir up your gift. But, but realize that that timid nature that you have, that may be your, your personality. But don't let that get in the way of serving God. You've got to serve God with boldness. You've got to serve God with power. That word power... In verse 7, it's the same Greek word found in Acts chapter 1 and 8 where, 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 the, where the Bible says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. The Greek word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite. It's explosive, wild, visible, earth-moving power. It's creative movement that causes stuff to happen. If nothing's going on in your life, if you got nothing going on but the rent, you are not walking in power. Power changes stuff. Power moves stuff. It's mover and shaker kind of thing. It, it's what God gives you to, to, to be the driving force. The engine inside you is either your soul or your spirit. Now, God made a soul. God put a soul in us. He, he breathed a living soul into man so we could have a mind, so we could have emotions, so we could have will. But the engine that God wants to power you with is, is not your soul. It, it's your spirit. It's a creative movement. He, he wants us to operate through power, through love, 
and through a soundness of mind. That, that word power in the Greek, uh, I love this one definition. It's a powerful entity residing in someone. If you're a Christian, there's power in you that wasn't always in you. There's power in you that you didn't used to have. You need to learn how to tap in to that power. It, you see, most Christians live life. One, one theologian said the, the spirit inside you, the Holy Ghost inside you, it's like the engine in your car. But if you just sit in your car and you just move the wheel like this and press the gas pedal like this, but you don't put the key in like this and turn it like that, that car's not going to go anywhere. Sitting in a car won't get you down the road. Doesn't matter how much you know about the car. It can have all four wheels. It can have nice tires, nice rims. It can have a leather-wrapped steering wheel. But if you don't have something powering that car, it's not going to move down the road. See, and, and, and that, that thing that, that powers that car is the engine, and it's got to stay gassed up. That's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to read your Bible. That's why you need to say your prayers. You need to get fueled up. You need to get fired up so that driving thing that God put in you can move you in the direction God wants to move you. It's a power thing. Say power. But God doesn't want you just to operate because he's talking, about, he's talking to Timothy about how to operate. He's talking to Timothy about how to do what God has called him to do. It can't be done in fear. It has to be done in power. Cannot serve God in fear. That's why Jesus said you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. And I don't know why tongues and healing is such an issue in the church. It's in the Bible. It's real. But it's not the primary thing. Jesus is the primary thing. And even in this getting the Spirit, so many churches say we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They need to believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking to each other. No matter how, how much you, you claim to be Holy Ghost filled, if you're mean as the devil, you're not spirit filled. It, you can claim to be spirit filled and speaking in tongues, but if you don't love people, you're not spirit filled. You, if, if you're not bold in your witness for Christ, the Bible says that the spirit will come upon you, not so you can play with your spiritual gifts, but so you can be a witness to the whole world. You receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you so you can be a bold witness. How bold are you in talking to people about Christ? Yeah, I don't want to offend anybody. I just like to let my light shine. Let your light shine, but tell them where you got your light from. Let your light shine, but tell them who's fanning that light for you. You, you got to move in, in power. You got to be moved by power. They say move. You need to understand that the Scripture is talking about how to operate in life, how to use a spiritual gift in verse 1 through 6, how to change your community. You, you, you can't do it by fearfulness. You can't do it by allowing the enemy to tell you, you you're not good enough to serve God. You're not special enough to serve God. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. Listen, nobody's good enough, smart enough, special enough, or holy enough to serve God. We don't serve God in our own strength. We serve God spiritually through the strength he put inside us, a power that came from the outside in. Have you received power? If you have received power, power in this generation, many th people think of, oh, she's powerful, he's powerful. They think of that power to manipulate and, and to dominate. But the power God wants you to have is a power to serve and to humble yourself and to do for others. Jesus said, all power is given to me. But what did he do? Make people wash his feet or did he wash feet? He washed feet. The power that God wants you to receive is not power to be awesome, but power to serve an awesome God. You got to do what you do, not through fear. You got to do what you do through a power that says, God's on the inside of me. A power, a mindset that says, I can't lose with what I use. I, I can't be defeated. And no matter what enemy I face, the, what, what's inside me is stronger than what's outside me. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You got to understand, God said, be bold, be strong, because the Lord your God is with you. That ought to create, if you know that God is on the inside of you, that ought to create a pep in your step that says, it don't matter to me what the world sees. I know I got God on my side. See, if, if somebody said, Pastor Scott, uh, 
There, there, there's a dude outside look kind of angry. Well, I, I'm all right with one dude. You know, I'm 215 pounds. I'm, I'm military trained. He's in trouble. But if they said, you know, there's a couple people out there, got a, they, they said they, they want to see you because they, they, got, they got a bone to pick with you, you know, I might think, mm, I don't know how this is going to go. But, you know, I, I just grab Elder Keon, Elder, Elder, Elder Jimmy, and uh, Deacon Cedric. We go out there and say, what's up, redneck? You walk, walk, walk in, in a strength because you know who's with you. You walking in a garage, parking garage in a city you've never been to, and you hear click, clack, click, clack. You want to look over your shoulder. I remember when I got out of basic training, uh, I just graduated. I went to the phone booth. Any of y'all remember phone booths? <laughs> I went to the phone booth. I'm picking up the phone to dial collect, and I hear, <laughs> Air Force. Had, had some dogs right in the barracks next to us. They were doing some training with these German chefs. I heard these German chefs, and and, 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 and and in an instant, I thought, oh, man, big dog. I don't like big dogs. No. But then the power of the United States Army rose up in me. And I thought, dog, come at me. Man, I, I am lean, mean, green. I'm 151 pounds of shredded soldier killing machine. And that, it just rose up. It, you need to let God rise up in you so you're not scared of anything anymore. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been through. You need to understand greater is he that's in you than everything else. It's like Elisha. If you read last month the book of 2 Kings, and I touched on it one Wednesday night, but when Elisha was down in the valley and the, the government sent people to come get him and there were hundreds of them and horses surrounding them on the hilltop and there's nothing in the valley but Elisha, a servant and a donkey. And the servant comes to the man of God and he says, Oh my God, they're everywhere. They're soldiers. They're on horses. They got chariots and swords that come to kill us. And, and, and the man of God said, don't worry about them. He said, what are you talking about? He said, well, there's more to be with us than be against us. Well, at that point, the servant thought, you ain't on that stuff, is you? The servant thought, you've been smoking that weed. I know you have. Ain't nobody here but me, you, and this donkey. And God allowed the man of God to pray for his servant that his eyes would be open to the spirit world. And he saw angels sitting on chariots of fire by the thousands ready to come in defense of the man of God. You need to understand wherever you go, there's more with you than against you. Stop worrying about your haters. They'll always be haters. Jesus said, marvel not if the world hates you, they hated me first. There, there's always going to be people that, that stand against you, but you need to let the power of God's Spirit. There is no force more powerful than God's Spirit, and if you're a Christian, it lives on the inside, and you just ought to be like, God, he's, he's my, he's, he goes before me, and the Bible says he's also my rear guard. I got him in front of me, and I got him behind me. Come get some if you want to. Power, but not just power, love. The service, because it's talking about how to move in what God has called you to do, your purpose, your passion, your spiritual gift, that's the context of this scripture. Not just in a powerful way, but in a loving way. See, the reason why most people don't want to come to church, they already went to church. And they found critical people, judgmental people, pious, mean, hard-hearted, looking down their nose at people. They, they, they found more criticism than acceptance. And that's why people would rather go to the bar than go to the church house. Because you feel an acceptance. I know, well, we don't have to talk about it in front of your wife, but I know, Sergeant Major, you spent a lot of time at the NCO Club. I know you went in there, and we would, everybody, you get off work, you in the Army. I don't know about you Navy people. I don't know what y'all do. Play with boats. I don't know what y'all do. But I know in the Army, you get off work, you don't go home. Not right away. 
You, hey, if, 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 your, if your work is here and your barracks is here, but the NCO club is here, you're driving here, then here. Y'all follow that? Why? Because everybody in the Army is drunk. Well, not everybody. We went there because that's where our friends were. That's where our acceptance was. That's where we could go. It's like that show Cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Big fat boy walk into Cheers. Everybody would say one word. What would they say? Norm. Oh, fat, ugly Norm wasn't getting a lot of social acceptance anywhere else but at that bar. See, people go to the neighborhood bar not just to drink. Why would you go there to drink? You could buy a drink cheaper and drink it at home. You go there to get drunk. You go there to find acceptance. You go there to find a drinking buddy. You go there to find somebody who will treat you decent because we have that need. And too many times people come to church looking for love, looking for acceptance, and all they find is hate, judgment, criticism, and rejection. Listen, we're not here to judge anybody. God is the judge. We're here understanding that everybody in this room, from, from me to the elder in the sound booth, we are all a work in progress. We all got issues. We all fail God. We all sin and come short of God's glory. We're all just striving. Uh, we're imperfect people serving a perfect God. But too many times people went to church. They, they saw the spirituality of the, the ministry, but they didn't see the love. If you don't do what you do, if the power that's pushing you is not a power of love, then it ain't God. I tell my kids all the time, there, there are only two forces at work. You know, when push comes to shove, there's two forces at work. There's God and the devil. And you, you either, you're either moving in God or you're moving in the devil. How do you know they're moving in the devil? Because that's what the Bible says. The things that you offer to false gods, you offer unknowingly to the devil. If you're, not, if you're not being powered by the, the power of God's spirit, then that thing that is driving you is anti-Christian. And you got to make sure that everything you do, every way you move, everywhere you go, that the love of God is flowing out of you. Jesus did what he did for love's sake. They didn't kill Jesus. He gave his life for love's sake. He came for love. For God so loved the world, he sent his son for love's sake. You ought to run the sound booth because you love God. You ought to ush, deek, teach, greet because of love. You ought to count the money after church because of love. If you're doing it for a title, if you're doing it for a position, if you're doing it so somebody can look at you and think that you're somebody in the church, we are all nobody in the church. The only big person in the church is Jesus. He's the only big he. There's no big, big me, little you. It, it, we do what we do because we have a commonality of love for one God. There's one God, one faith, one baptism. There's one power that God wants to move us. It's a power that, that, that is fueled by love. The power is the spirit, the pneuma. That word is pneuma. It's, it's the, the, the drive. The, the power is the spirit of God, but it's fueled by love and a sound mind. Let me wrap this up because we're going to run out of time. If your mind is slipping, you need to reject that. You get fear in your mind, reject that. You start feeling the woo, I get the woo. I just do. I ain't gonna lie to you. I I hate a two story house. I'm I'm living in one. That's a long story. I tell you about it sometime. But my kids were spending the night with some friends. Friday night, so I'm home alone. I'm I'm Macaulay Culkin, boy. I'm just there. <laughs> home alone. Time to go to bed. Ooh. Anybody y'all know houses creak, make noise, wind blowing? That I, I got a crepe myrtle. I know it's a crepe myrtle. I know that branch is scraping up and down to the side of <laughs> What that? I'm okay with but when my mind takes it to, 
Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus is Lord. The power of God in the blood of Jesus is against you, crepe myrtle. The, the blood of Jesus. Hey, the blood of Jesus. Hey, I just start talking to myself. Lay down in that big house, get the woo-woos. I know what my children go, I mean, I mean my, my children together don't weigh as much as I weigh. I flick them both down. But it just, uh, hey, when they're there, that woo-woo ain't as bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ain't nothing like being alone in a big house making, making noise. But uh, you got to take control of your mind. It's a crepe myrtle, old man. Telling everybody everywhere you go how tough you are, it's a crepe myrtle. Get over it. Got to take control of your mind. In other translations, uh, where, where it says sound mind, it, it, it uses a more, more expanded definition to say self-control, wise discretion, and sound judgment. You got to make good decisions. What I tell you all the time, read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices. This is the soundness of mind that allows you to make good choices. We are a spirit being. We need to be powered by the love of God, but we need to know which way to go at the fork in the road. And when your mind is slipping, you need to understand, I reject these thoughts. When your mind starts thinking about things, when, when, when bad thoughts start creeping in your mind, listen, people say you can't control what's in your mind. Well, there, there's a way to do that. I don't have time to get into it right now, but you can stop thinking on it. Pastor, I had a bad thought pop in my mind. What can I do about it? Reject it. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. I don't care what it is. Criticism. I reject that. Thoughts of criticize. I'm not going to criticize my brothers in Christ. I'm going to love them. Whatever it is, unforgiveness, reject those thoughts. Fear, reject those thoughts. Lust, reject those thoughts. Late, whatever it is, whatever pops in your mind, you got to learn how to be a rejecter of what is not from God. Paul said, God didn't give you that, son. God didn't give you that spirit of it. God didn't give you that mindset of fear. You're not supposed to operate fearfully. You're supposed to operate in power, the power of God's spirit being fueled by love and a sound mind. Too many people are being attacked in their mind right now. I told y'all I joke about it to try to get the truth across, but all these diseases, they ain't real diseases. I mean, I understand there there is there there is there's fear. But why do we have to rename it? There's 700 different social anxiety diseases right now. I told y'all it started with hyperactivity, but you know, they wanted their child, well, my child's not hyperactivity. He just has an attention deficit disorder. Well, what's the difference? He don't sit still when you tell him to shut up. He's still talking. I, you know, I, I, I read the Bible. I found out what that disease really is. That's lack of beating that booty disorder. That's what that is. I whoop it right out of him. I will beat it right out of him. Well, I really can't sit in church too long, Pastor, because I have social nervousness, disruption, discommunication of disorderly function, facety, dismantulo. <laughs> Ain't you special? How many drugs you take for that? Oh, I've been, I, I, yeah, I have to take seven different types of medication. I, uh, have you read the side effects? Yeah. Stuffy nose, headache, chest pains. Wheezy dizziness, nausea, anal leakage, <laughs> death. Listen, if you got a medication that even recommend, even says possible anal leakage, cut that off. If it possibly says dizziness or death, cut that off. You'd be walking down the road, get dizzy, bump your head. You'd be worried about, well, I have this pain in my side, so I take this medication. It causes dizziness, uh, discommunicative. It causes all the, 900 different things to fix one. Keep the pain in the side. Pray God be your strength. This generation is more plagued with the mind and, and problems in the mind than any generation ever. Grandma and them didn't have well, none of these anxiety disorders with grandma. I'm not saying you don't have something going on in your head that causes you to feel nervous and scared. I'm telling you to reject it. I'm telling you to get busy serving God. Why, why didn't our grandparents, my, my, my age grandparents, 
Why, why, why didn't they have all these anxiety, mental disorders that people have now? Because they worked so hard they were tired at night they went to sleep. <laughs> Put your technology down. Pastor, I ain't been sleeping well. What you been doing? Well, I just, I just, man, I don't know. I just end up in front of the TV just flipping channels. Or, you know, the next thing I know, 5 o'clock in the morning time, stop flipping channels and go to bed. Get yourself a good night's sleep. Stop, stop letting your mind destroy your functionality. You know if your mind is going off. There's nothing in the Bible that says old people are supposed to lose their mind at the end of their life. I believe that Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all these other different diseases that people just say, well, you know, they're old. You know, uh, country people can't say Alzheimer's, so they say, got that old timers. He got that old timers. Grandpapa got that old timers. God didn't give him old timers or Alzheimer's. These mental destructive problems, they're not from God. Reject that. You say, well, Pastor, it just can't be that easy. Why not? Why not? You don't believe God is able? He said he is. He said he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He said that he's more than enough. Why do we need so many things other than God when he said he's more than enough? Why do we need so much outside stuff when we say that we are connected to the most powerful entity in the world, the God that created everything? Fear. And timidity will keep us from using the gifts God gives us. God wants us to access the power on the inside of us. You know you got a body. You know you got a mind. That's your soul. But do you know about your spirit on the inside? Are you connected spiritually to the spirit of God? The Bible says that his spirit makes agreement with our spirit to allow us to know that we're his. Do you know that you're his? Have you come alive spiritually to Jesus Christ? See, a lot of people have church, but they don't have life on the inside. Because they haven't been born again. That's a spiritual thing. That's a supernatural thing. A lot of people have, 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 have good moral values. They started coming to church and they quit this and they quit that. They started doing some really good things. But it's hard for them to keep doing them because they're doing them in the power of their soul. They're trying to be a good person. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to stay off the drugs. They're trying to stay off the addiction. They're trying to, to, to keep their mind together, but they keep slipping. They keep failing. They keep not being able to make it. Why? Because they're trying to move through this life with the power of their own mind, but they don't have a spiritual life on the inside from the Holy Ghost. Nobody can live the Christian life except Jesus. So how do we access that? We get his spirit on the inside of us, and he lives through us. I want you to come alive spiritually. To do that, you've got to stop letting fear take over. Don't be a what-if person. So many people are just paralyzed by, well, what if this? What if that? What if this storm? I ain't worried about this storm. Well, what if? What if? What if, what if Hillary wins the election? What if Donald Trump, he won the election. I, I, you know, he's going to be gone in three years. What if Hillary would have won the election? She'd have been gone. They come, they go. Well, well what, if, what if they pass this new law? What if? I don't let that phase me. I don't walk in that. I don't worry about that. Don't be a what if person. God hadn't given you the spirit of what if. That's a paralyzing spirit that comes from the enemy to stop you from living in today. Don't be a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Oh, I just wish when I was young I would have done this. It could have been so different. It ain't. Well, I should have made these choices, and then I could have had. You didn't, and you don't. I'm done right here, but we all need to hear this. Live in today. Live in today. Paul said the key to his victory in Christ was forgetting everything in the past. Not thinking about what is down the road, but living in the moment. 
pressing forward with all of God's strength inside him to be the man today that God called him to be. You need to be the woman today that God called you to be. Tomorrow is going to take thought for The Bible says don't, talk, don't think about tomorrow. Everybody knows Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Most people don't know Matthew 6, 34. says, Take no thought for the morrow, for tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto today is the evil thereof. Boy, that's a lot of words. What's it saying? Live in today. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. There's much junk coming tomorrow. You, 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 you won't have the strength to carry today's issues and tomorrow's issues. Live in the moment. Live in a moment. What, what, what did that one move say? Carpe diem. Seize the day. You need to seize this day for God. Don't worry about these storms. Everybody freaking out over this hurricane. Ain't no hurricane out here. Not here. We need to pray for the people. There's a lot of people being hurt. We need to pray for them. We need to love them. You ought to be driven by this. By the, you ought to be fueled by love to pray for others. But do not be fueled by fear. Don't let fear rule you. Don't worry about what could have happened, what should have happened, what might happen, what may be happening. Hold on to your faith today and be the best man you can be today. Be the best woman you can be today. That is all God is asking of you. You can't change the past. You can't control the future. But you can do for God today what he has put you on this planet to do. You can love him and you can love the people around you. How are you loving God? Are you spending time reading what his word says to you? How are you loving God? Do you spend time talking to him and praying to him? How, how are you loving God? You, you see, love is an action word. It's a verb. You, you tell your kids you love them, but you don't do anything for them. They're not going to believe that. Tell your spouse you love them, but you don't serve them. They're not going to believe that. My, if my children tell me they love me, but they don't do anything for me, I'm not going to believe that. Love's an action word. How are you loving God? You ought to have a ministry. You ought to connect to a purpose. You ought to be doing something for someone higher than yourself. Then life takes on a bigger meaning. How are you loving people? It's not as hard as it sounds. Can you hold a door for someone? Can you say hi to someone coming in or out of a place? Good morning. Good to see you. Sitting at Wingstop last night. It's so funny. We drove from Oakley down 103rd Street to Wingstop on the corner of 103rd and Blaney. That's where we left our house to go to. Good thing, because everything between here and there was closed. Wingstop, wide open. People just backed up getting in there. So I'm striking up conversations. Listen, if you hadn't been to Wingstop, there's nobody in Wingstop that looks like me. Don't they have good chicken, though? Why me? I see Miss Irene in Wingstop. I know you'll get down there and get them wings. Didn't stop me from talking to the people. We're all in there in one purpose. We're watching the weather. We're watching football. I, 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 African-American man sitting across from me. I didn't ask him, are you saved and born again before I talk to you about this football game? I didn't say, do you like white people before I talk to you about this football game? I'm just sharing. I'm just being a human being. I'm just loving my fellow man next to me. I'm trying to figure out why you cheering for Notre Dame. I didn't want to tell him the racial history of Notre Dame, how they didn't even let black people in their Catholic school until a couple decades. I didn't get into all that with him. But by the time we left, it was fist pounds, good looking out, and what's up? Why can't life be like that? He's my fellow man. I don't need to know anything about him other than he's a human being that God put on this planet. I got to treat him right. I got I to treat him the way I want him to treat me. Why can't we do that? Because we're scared. Racism is about fear. Get to know somebody of another race. You know what you'll find out? They're human beings just like you. They got emotions just like you. You're no different. No better, no worse. Human beings. It's like saying... You know, if that chair was had green fabric on it, it'd be a better chair. It's still a chair. What, what, what the color on the outside is, don't, don't, don't make it different on the inside. That chair's a chair, whether it's purple, green, or blue. And we're all 
created by God as human beings. Red, yellow, black, white, young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, cute, ugly. I don't know. Listen, if it, it is, it is. Love God and love people. Do not let that escape you today. Don't think you're going to do it down the road, and don't worry about what happened in the past. Do that today. Love God today. Love your fellow man today. And Jesus said, if you love God and you love people, you will fulfill his law. I want to do what God called me to do in this life. I can't do it through fear. I got to walk in his power. I got to be fueled by love, and I got to keep my mind right. I'm going to grow old, but I'm not going to let my mind slip. Because if I feel my mind slipping, I'm going to ask God, be my strength, Holy Ghost. Strengthen my mind. Listen, I know it only God still holding my mind together. Let him hold your mind together. Pray with me. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your spirit so we could be alive on the inside. Lord, I pray that we'd come alive to you and that we would move in power. And we would move in love and we would not let fear paralyze us and keep us from loving each other. We would not let fear dictate to us that we can't love someone that doesn't look like us. God, I pray that you would allow us to be the generation that stomps out racism and hatred and bigotry. God, I pray that you would use us to be the generation that would love each other no matter what in spite of our differences, whether they be color or bank account or class, God, that you would let us realize that there is only one God and that you told us to love people. God, I pray that you would help us get out of fear from our past and worry for our future and that you would just let us live one day at a time. Sweet Jesus, help us, God to do what you want us to do this day in Jesus name amen thank you for listening to the AOCF sound doctrine podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world your support is greatly appreciated if you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.